You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now, here's your nine-fingered host, Dan Johnson. Friday, 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 woo! Okay, so... Literally, Friday is my favorite day of the week because it just means I typically have eight hours of work and then I'm gone for two days. So, I don't know about... i tell you what, this is what I want you to do. We never really talk about this. What do you guys, the listener, do for a living? So, and the reason I, I thought about this was I'm in the process of trying to sell my home, so... Uh, we had a very short a period of time to list the house, so I had to. Do, I, I'm rushing to get everything done, and you know, I I had a bathroom completely gutted except for the floor. So you know, painting, putting in fixtures, putting in a toilet, all that stuff is fairly simple. But the guys who do trim work, I tell you right now, I have a lot of respect for those guys because. It can be a son of a bitch. I don't know how many times I had to recut the top of this door frame that I was working on, the, the trimmer on the top of the door, and that because it has two 45 degree angles. So then the, and I don't have professional tools, you know, I'm basically using a skill saw and a measuring tape, and that's really it. So I'm, I'm sanding it, I'm sanding it, I'm sanding it, and then I sand it too much and it worked so I'd recut and then I was just swearing oops excuse me I was just swearing like a a mofo luckily the kids weren't home but uh big ups to the guys who do trim work I don't know what that has nothing to do with hunting but uh I want to know what you guys do for a living so on this podcast I want to know what your trade is whether you're a lawyer or you're a doctor or you're a garbage man or anything really anything that you you do just a little note mess you know in the comment section comment i'm a police officer or whatever <laughs> so that has like i said that has nothing to do with this podcast this is a product review review podcast and uh, today we're going to be reviewing a product. Our, our guest, uh, Mike, he's going to be talking about leverage climbing sticks. He's going to be talking about 
Evercalm. And if you don't know what that is, it's like it looks like a deodorant stick and it smells like deer and it's supposed to make deer calm. And uh, Thermocells. So three products that we cover in about a, you know, a 30, 40 minute uh, time period. And uh, basically he's going to tell you what he thinks of them. And he's also going to give you a little bit of a insight about uh, a new website that he is launching to help hunters save money when purchasing their gear. So uh, we'll talk about that as well. I also have a big announcement to make about Monday's podcast. I need everybody to tune in because on Monday's podcast, you're going to get information about how you can win a Bowtech bow, a brand new Bowtech bow. So this is one of the biggest product giveaways that we've done. I just want to let everybody know that uh, I'm going to give the details on how to win that bow on Monday's podcast. So be prepared, make sure you tune in, spread the word, or I guess don't spread the word because uh, the the less people who enter the contest, the better chances your odds are. But that's not going to happen because it's a $1,000 bow and uh, we're going to give it away here on the podcast. So before we get into this week's product review podcast, the guys from Exodus Trail Cameras explain why a regular Joe like you should buy an Exodus trail camera? Well, the one thing I'd say is, one, the fact that people are willing to give us their hard-earned money. So, you know, our product's in the $200 price point. Frankly, that's a day of somebody's time. You know, we come from the construction industry. That's our background. It's a big deal to us that people are willing to spend their money on us. We want to show people that when they buy Exodus, they're getting the best value in the market. Our five-year warranty um, and guarantee our 90 day money back guarantee. If you're not happy with your camera, you give us a call. We'll, we'll totally take care of you. In fact, we'll pay the return shipping. Um, our 50% off theft replacement policy, all of those things mean a lot, but the fact that we build our cameras to last, the fact that we build our cameras for guys that are chasing big mature deer, not just as novelty items, like a lot of companies are building them. You know, our products literally are, our trade that's our passion what we do what we love and every single one that goes out we test we make sure that it you're going to get a product that's working well we make sure that you're going to get a product that's working for years to come and is going to assist you in everything that we love to do as hunters and as outdoorsmen we're really excited that uh that that people are considering exodus as always, if you guys want more information about Exodus trail cameras, visit exodusoutdoorgear.com. And if you do decide to purchase an Exodus trail camera, while, when checking out, enter the code 9FINGERS. That's the number 9 followed by the word FINGERS, no spaces, and you will receive $20 off your purchase. So that's a plus. Now let's get into this week's product review podcast. All right, on the phone, well, I should say Skype, that's what we're doing this uh, through today, but on the computer with me now is Mike Higman. How you doing today, Mike? I'm great. Good deal, good deal. Well, this is a product review podcast, and today um, you're going to be talking a little bit about leverage climbing sticks, uh, some the Conquest Evercalm, and then potentially some other products if we have time. But before we start talking about get right into the products, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, where you live, what you do for a living? 
All right. Um, I live in Florida, um, and uh, I'm in sales. I uh, I basically I sell composite materials uh, for a family-owned business. Actually, my dad owns a business, and uh, I drive around, go see customers, try to convince them, you know, to use us for their composite needs. And uh, a lot of like boat manufacturers, I sell to a lot of scenic customers that do stuff for Disney, um, some industrial stuff. That's okay. about it. Gotcha. And Florida, what what uh, part of the state are you living in? I live in Tampa Bay. Okay. Uh, not exactly a hunting hotbed. So where do you go to do your where do you go to do your hunting? Do you drive north into the Panhandle, or are there whitetails around where you live? The closest spot that I've hunted is probably it's about an hour and a half away, um, and it's horrible. So uh, I try not to, try not to hunt there. Um, so every year there's a quota system for the public lands. So I put in for that. So depending on on you know what you get drawn for, I'll hunt there. And then my dad owns a hundred acres next to a national forest. Uh, so I hunt some up there. The crazy thing is my dad's property probably gets more pressure than the national forest. So I kind of use that as like a base camp and and head out into the into the national forest. That's about three hours from home. Oh, okay. So is that up in the panhandle then? Yeah, it's, it's just a little bit for Georgia. Okay. Well, I tell you what, we did a podcast, uh, a hunter profile podcast with a guy um, from the panhandle uh, of Florida. And uh, he would, you know, he, he talked about all his hunting experiences there and he moved from Georgia. And uh, is that, I mean, have you, were you born in Florida? Or? I was actually born in Wisconsin. Oh, which- okay. <laughs> Would have been a lot better for, for hunting. <laughs> we we moved when I was ten, and uh, I remember when we like when I lived in Wisconsin, I could not wait until I turned twelve so I could go hunting. Um, but then we moved to Florida, and I kind of, you know, got into fishing, uh, but but didn't hunt at all here until probably in my twenties. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm a I'm a late start to hunting. Gotcha. Gotcha. It's kind of crazy. Uh, Probably 90% of the nation would would not have a problem with having to move to Florida, but yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a handful of us guys who are like, well, I tell you what, man, there's no yeah. way you could pull me away from where we're, the Midwest. I think probably the guys from Michigan and Pennsylvania could give us a run for our money as far as worst state to hunt in, but it's 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 got to be down there. Right, right. I think... I think uh, the guy, um, Walter, I think his name was, was talking about they can use dogs in Florida to hunt. Yeah. So that national forest I hunt is a dog, a dog hunting area. So there's a, there's a line where, uh, where they're supposed to go and not supposed to go. Um, but my trail cameras are full of dogs running all over the place. So it makes it a lot tougher that, you know, they're become a lot more nocturnal with that. Yeah, I I don't know what I would do if all of a sudden I had to I had to worry about packs of dogs running through pushing deer. Yeah. It's it's definitely and it's a totally different style of hunting. I mean, I respect the guys for what they do because it seems to me that they don't focus so much on the hunting aspect. They focus on the the raising the dogs aspect, which is a ton of work and a ton of money. Um but but the actual hunting part, you basically find a track and let the dogs go, and you sit on your truck and you know follow the GPS and and wait till they run out in front of you. So right, right. definitely a a different style than what I do. But For um, sure. I I don't mind sharing some land. <laughs>
Right, right. All right. So how was your 2015 season? Were you successful? Uh, I'm not here for a hunter profile, so <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple of does for the freezer. Um, I, I, I shot what would have been an awesome buck. Um, but I shot him, I think right in the shoulder. Okay. Um, uh, everything worked out perfect. It was, it was right in the rut. He was chasing a doe. The doe ran around behind me and, uh, she went through a shooting lane about 30 yards. So I was all set up. I drew back ready and he just stood there and I, you know, stood there drawn back shaking. And, uh, he stood there long enough. I let down and, uh, he took a turn and walked exactly down the trail that I had lined up for exactly the shot I hoped for. He walked out from behind the tree up when he's behind the tree. I, I drew back. I let it go. He's probably, I don't know, 17 yards. Yeah. And I hit him. All I know is my Luminoc was in front of his neck. I think what happened because I had, I, I got my arrow back and I had at least 12 inches, probably 14 inches of blood on it. I think it hit his shoulder in an angle, angled the arrow on the, on the outside of his shoulder. Um, so I would, it, I saw the Luminoc from the stand. So as soon as it happened, I got on my phone and started looking, trying to find somebody with a tracking dog. Um, because I didn't, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to bump them and mess up the blood trail and all that stuff. So I was able to actually find a guy. He was out within a couple hours. We got on the trail and, uh, he ended up jumping the deer. I think three times it went a mile and a half, two miles, something like that. And the guy told me he's seen, he's seen the, you know, trailed plenty of deer. He said, this deer's not going to die. So, uh, you know, left my cameras out, wait to see what happens. And, and that deer showed up, I think a week later. Oh boy. So he's, he's out there again for this year. So, so, so we'll see. Go Um, find him. Yeah. Yeah. So it would have been, that'd have been my first public land deer. That would have been my first, uh, archery deer. Um, so actually first archery kill period. I haven't killed a hog or a doe or anything with that. So oh, nice. anyway, it would have been a little, you know, would have been awesome if I got it a little disappointing, but so you do a majority of, uh, your hunting up until now has been, uh, with a gun, right? Yeah. Uh, all of my killings been with a gun. Okay. I'm, I'm I'll hunt whatever's in season. So in, in Florida, you get basically in August, you get about August, September or no, starting in September in my area, you get about a month into October of of archery then you get a week of muzzleloader and then you get like two months of of gun gotcha whatever's whatever's legal i'm i'm hunting it gotcha well like you said today is not a hunter profile and we're going to be (laughs) talking we're going to be talking about uh some products that you've used and you've had some uh you know you've uh, had some experience with and the first the first product that we're going to talk about is leverage climbing sticks. Now, the very first question I want to talk to you about is, or the, the question I want to ask is, why did you, I guess, when you were looking for tree stand sticks or climbing sticks or, you know, when you started hunting, why did you decide to go with leverage and what were some of the other um products that you were, I guess, juggling in your brain before you actually made this purchase? Okay. So up until last year, all of my hunting had been done out of a climber. Uh, I think that guy Walter mentioned too, he, I think he said he used a climber. 
Um, a lot of guys in the South do the area I hunt is rows and rows of pine trees. So straight up any tree you want, um, until you get down in the thick, nasty swamp type stuff. Um, so, uh, the, the problem with that is there's not a whole lot of cover there. You know, you're basically up, up on a telephone pole. Right. Um, but the, the good thing about the climbers, it's really comfortable. Um, you know, it's easy to get started with, but, uh, Actually, uh, on the Wired to Hunt podcast, I heard Dan Infault and got got plugged into the Hunting Beast, and you know all those guys are you know lone wolf, stand and stick type guys. Right. Uh, so it definitely got me interested in it, and being lighter, more mobile, um, you know, be able to pick whichever tree I wanted if I'm down in the thick, nasty stuff. So I you know decided I wanted to try that out, um, but I'm I'm very budget minded. So, uh, I didn't want to drop $500 on, on a stand and sticks. Right, right. So I started poking around and I found these sticks on eBay, um, for, I got a set of four sticks and they're the shorter ones, the 17 inch sticks. Okay. And I got them for 55 bucks. Nice. That's a pretty good so, deal. Yeah. That, uh, that is the main reason I, I chose these sticks. Now I did research ahead of time to make sure I wasn't going to, you know, pick something that was either going to be total junk or worse, you know, totally fail on me and, and right. fall out of a tree. Um, but, uh, so I also looked at the lone wolves and I looked at the muddies. Um, and what made my decision was, was the price point. Um, but had it been, had it been that these are not comparable at all, I'd, I probably would have gone with probably the muddies. Um, okay. but I, I probably wouldn't happy to loan with wolf as well. Right. Right. So these, you know, you bought a four pack for 50 bucks online and they were the 17 inch stick. So in that 17 inches, how many steps are in there? There's two on each step. Okay. And so, there's four, there's just two steps. Yep. Okay. Yep. And there's, there, there's a step on each side with these. So they okay. fold out. There's a, there's a step on each side. Right. Um, so, so I'm, I checked into like modifications on these in, uh, there's a lot of guys that do, there's guys that do like, you can use a single stick and climb a tree with one stick and you just move the stick every time you climb up it. And then you hang from your main line. Um, you can do modifications where you hang stuff down from the sticks, um, to get a little more height. So what I liked about these two step sticks versus the threes is they're a lot more compact. Um, you know, when you're, even though the, there's a lot of trees lined up in a row, the, a lot of the stuff you have to go through is, you know, head high, real thick stuff down here. Right. Right. So do your four, how do your four sticks stack real, or is it very compact? I mean, do you, do you throw it on your hang on stand when you're walking in and out? I mean, how do you, how do you connect it to the tree? Go ahead and give us as much detail about, uh, I guess from the time that you leave your truck to the time you're, you're setting up on the tree. Okay. So they stack together, but that's not how I did it because it's there. It's a ton of metal on metal and it's really loud to just stack those all together. So I tried to figure out a better way that's that keep it a little quieter when I'm sitting at the base of a tree. Um, so my idea is I, I stacked them basically face to face, two sets of two. And I took some old soccer socks and slid the socks over top of it. So they're completely wrapped in cloth. Then I strapped that to my stand. Um, 
I'm not sure that's the best solution long term. It, it works for being quiet, but it's a pain in the butt. You like at the end of the night to try to like pull them down and put the sock over them or, right. you know, I could probably throw them all together, but I want to get out quiet too in case I need to come back in the same area. Right. Right. So when those steps fold up, it looks like they fold up. Are they completely enclosed in the tubing or are they exposed at all? The bottom two steps are enclosed in the tubing. The top two steps stick out, you know, four inches above right. the top. Right. So, and then you throw some, some, a pair of socks on there to, to prevent the metal on metal clinging. Yep. Now, when you finally do get to the tree and you have, you know, you start setting up, what's the, what's the system to actually strap it to the tree? Okay. So on the first step, I, uh, I did put one webbing loop on the bottom step just so I can get an extra, like, you know, foot and a half, um, so I think I can get about 20, 22 feet uh, with with the four sticks. Okay. Um, but the way this the strap is set up is it's uh, the the buckle on it's like one of those uh, motorcycle straps, you know, the the one inch webbing, and it goes through, and there's a lever. Um, yeah. It's kind of a heavy piece of metal. Okay. And then on the other side, there's a a metal hook. Okay. Um, and on that's the worst thing about these these sticks. Um, the the buckle is kind of heavy and the hook you're hooking metal onto metal right so i've done i've i've put some tape on them i've done some things i've i put a rubber tube over the metal uh over the metal buckle some things right. to kind of quiet down right um i think this year i'm going to i'm going to switch over to a rope type system okay um there's some guys that have done some mods with with uh you can put a cam cleat on there which is it's like the muddy sticks if you're familiar with that yep you basically can get your own cam cleat, screw it on there, and and then and then you go to a rope system, which cuts a lot of weight out too, because those those buckles are kind of heavy. Right. Um, and they if they hit metal, and it's just for me, it sounds like because you know I I use a lot of lone wolf stuff, so that that metal hits that tube, and it just sounds like it echoes through through the entire timber. Yeah, yeah, it's just such an unusual sound. So explain to me a little bit what you meant by you you add a loop at the on your very first stick yeah so so you can take um and there's there's some some videos on youtube there's a guy um i think he's diy bow hunter on youtube okay um but uh but you t basically take like a 36 inch loop of of climbing webbing um you make it into a circle and you can wrap that over the bottom two steps. Uh, so it's, you know, it's hanging from the bottom of the stick. So whatever length that is, there's guys that'll, that'll loop, you know, they'll put a, a climbing aider, which will, you can make, get those like four or five feet long mm -hmm. and climb up that at the bottom. And basically because it's just a loop of webbing, it, you can put that in your pack. It's real compact. Gotcha. All right. So, you know, you, you said it, there's a lot of metal on metal, um, is this an aluminum or steel product? It's aluminum. Aluminum. Okay. And all of it, the, the steps are aluminum as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So from a, from a, Hey, let's try to be as quiet as possible type of, you know, rating system. Is this, I mean, as you're setting it up as is, I know you've done some kind of modifications to it, but, um, is it, is it fairly quiet? Is it loud as shit? Or, I mean, is it, you know, 
it de- just depends on how slow you go when you're setting it up. Yeah, it it depends on on how slow you are and how experienced. And I'm still more of of the climbing stand hunter because it's so easy to use on these trees. But I needed these so I wouldn't. You know, I'll I'll know basically where I'm going to be going into hunting. Um, so uh, so if if I have a choice though, because of the comfort level, I'll I'll bring my climber in. Right. Um, but but these are you know just add a whole lot of versatility. They're lighter, more compact when 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 you use them with a hang on. Um, okay. So as you're stepping up, I, I've been on some climbing sticks where you you step up on it and there might be maybe a little squeak or some kind of I don't want to say twisting metal sound, but kind of like a twisting metal sound where there's you know some you know there's some kind of stress happening to that metal and it is causing it to make a noise. Is there any type of uh, that going on with these sticks? No, no, they're, they're solid sticks. Uh, but that does remind me when you, when you mentioned, mentioned the noise setting up, one thing with these pine trees is uh, it's like trying to set up on, it's like walking on cornflakes. The, the bark is so loose and crunchy. I mean, with the climber or these, there's no way you're going to put anything on the tree. And if that thing moves, there's no way to put climbing sticks on in it, not move at all when you step on it. There's no way to tighten it up that much. So it's going to slide a little bit and there's, there's going to be a little bit of crunch. So I, you know, I'm not to the point where I'm going to sneak within 30 yards of a bed of deer and, 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 and not, not spook them. Right. Um, but if I can be 75 or a hundred yards away and quietly get the stand, then that's good. Okay. I'm also seeing that they're, they, the sticks are kind of angled out away from the tree. They call it their V-shaped design. Does that actually allow you to get more of your boot on the stick as you're climbing up? Yeah, yeah. I wear I wear size 13 boots, so I, I like plenty of room. So that gives me a good amount of room. Uh, you got the bracket that gets it out from the tree, and then besides that, the footrest also extends away from the tree as well. Right, okay. So yeah, it looks like that would, that would, uh, I mean, in, in the, does that play a role in the dark? I mean, is there, is there any kind of, uh, I don't know. I just see that things might get caught in it maybe. And that's just me brainstorming out loud here, thinking out loud, um, because those, those footsteps are angled out away from the tree, um, more stuff might get caught in them. Is there anything, I mean, have you, have you had any type of experience with that or, yeah, I haven't had any problem with that. I guess okay. I could see maybe on the way down. Right. Um, but on the way up, um, the steps fold up. So really, if you were climbing up and it caught on something, probably just fold the yep. fold, fold the step in. Fold it up. But on the way down, yeah, there's that potential. I mean, because I do it now, you know, yeah. depending on what, what kind of scenario I'm in. If I'm wearing a lot of clothes and I'm climbing down, you know, the bottom of my shirt or I get it caught into uh, um, a hoodie pocket or something like that. I, you know, that happens, but, uh, that, that does bring something else up though that, that you might be interested. In. I don't know if you, have you ever looked at using a, a climbing harness as opposed to like a, a hunting style harness, a climbing harness, kind yeah. of like, uh, with the what rock climbers use. Right. Right. Um, I've, I've done some reading into that, but you know, cause one thing I find intriguing is the guys who will use climbing sticks, but they don't have a tree stand 
they'll, yeah, the saddle guys, they'll yeah. set up in a saddle and basically just, and then they'll, they balance from their top, uh, from their top climbing stick. Yep. So that to me is kind of intriguing and I can see how it'd be almost really comfortable in a way if you, if you set it up right. So I feel like it'd be really comfortable as long as you weren't hunting more than, you know, a few hours or, right. you know, um, I don't know. But, Some of those guys just, they, they, they do it all day. They, yeah. they love it. When, when I switched to the sticks, I, I switched to a climbing harness, um, because it's so easy to manipulate everything when it's right there at your waist. Right. So you still have a main line that's up over your head. Um, but then you got your line, lines and belts right there in front of you. Right. Okay. I, I, well, I use a, on my lone wolf, uh, safety harness or, there's loops on my hips and I can, as I climb, I can, I can, uh, or I, I do it when I'm setting up my tree stand, I have my lineman's belt around my, right. uh, so I, if I need to lean back and adjust a stick, I can do that fairly, uh, fairly comfortable. So on these, uh, so you said that, that, that metal, that's not a ratchet strap, is it? It's just, it's like, uh, you pull against it and it's kind of yeah, self tightening. The- yeah, the webbing's just folded over on it. So it's it, there's a loop on the end of webbing. It's it's pretty easy to tighten up. Right. Okay. All right. So as you're climbing the tree, um, I I take it you know you use that climbing harness, uh, which you know has your lineman's belt on it, and you're able to lean back to to adjust the stick where you need it to go. Um, you're not really hugging the tree. I mean, is it is it fairly right. simple to attach to the tree when you're balancing on the another stick? Yes. And except for trying to be quiet. Right. Uh, because you got to just really, it's the hook is even has like a, a retaining pin on the back of it or a, a piece of metal that sticks out. So you got to push that in, then hook it on. So there's, there's a lot of metal going on. Right. Uh, the tape stuff I put on there probably has helped some. Um, but I don't think it's going to be my long-term solution right. for it. Now on some of these V, I think they're called V brackets that, you know, the, the bracket that, connects to the tree and is up against or it's up against the tree and connects to the actual stick itself. Do you have any issues with that sliding up and down? The, like the whole stick or just the bracket? Well, this, this, the stick, I mean, the bracket is what basically controls, you know, that's the grip to the tree. Yeah. So do you have any issues with that, you know, as you step on and, and granted, I know that every stick has a little bit of give when you first put that weight on it. But, um, when you're climbing up and down, does that bracket do a good job of gripping to the tree? Yeah, I think it's fine. I don't think there's anything like super special about it, but it's, it's not an issue. Right. It basically, if you get it tightened up there, it's going to perform. Yeah. Okay. And you said, uh, you bought yours online for 50 bucks for four 17 inchers. What do they what do they run for retail price? They're on on the leverage site right now, and if you go to Cabela's, it's a hundred and forty bucks. hundred and forty um, bucks for four of them. Four yeah, pack? or or the, you can get a set of three of the thirty two inch ones. Okay. Um. So I'm actually uh, I'm starting a website for deal finding. It's gonna be called HuntingGearDeals.com, where where I'll post up the the type of deals, uh, you know, whatever great deals I can find online. Um, on, you know, anything from Cabela's, Bass Pro, Amazon. Um, so it's, it, but it's going to focus strictly on, on hunting gear. So I did a little bit of shopping around on these and, uh, the, the place I got it from on eBay, I think they were closeouts. 
So it would have been great if everybody could jump on it at the time. Um, but there is another store right now that's got them for, for 90 bucks. Um, okay. so you can definitely get them less than, than the retail price. Less than retail. Yeah. That's, uh, that's perfect. All right. Anything else about this product that, you know, you want to talk, tell us maybe a, a plus or a minus, you know, a, a positive or a negative about this, about this product? Yeah, I got, I got a, um, so, um, these are made in China, probably just like everything else. Right. Um, but, uh, their, uh, leverage is owned by, um, river, river's edge. They're out of Wisconsin. Um, so I actually had an issue with the stick. I was using it to, to hang game cameras cause I'll, I'll try to hang my game cameras up, you know, eight, 10 feet and angle them down some, um, it helps them not get stolen and also helps them not get spotted so easily by deer. Right. Um, so I, I'll take a, one stick out with me to help me hang the cameras. So the out of the first couple trips I used it, one of the bottom steps that folds down um, got bent in some. Okay. And uh, so it wouldn't even fold back up into it. It bent. The steps have uh, little cutouts in them to make them lighter. And it bent right at one of the cutouts. Um, so I uh, I thought, well, that's not good. I don't, you know, I, I don't know from a safety standpoint where where that puts these at. So I I contact, I emailed the manufacturer from their website. Um, I got an email back from them saying, hey, we don't have you on record. You know, why don't you send us your, you know, your purchase information? Um, so I sent that and I I didn't hear anything for a little bit. And then uh, about a week later, I get a box in the mail. All I asked for was a new step. You know, right. one little. You take the bolt out, put the new step in. About a week later in the mail, I got a, a brand new set of four sticks. Um, so now I've got eight climbing sticks. Um, <laughs> they, so, uh, I've tried to bend that thing back and it won't, it won't budge. So, you know, I, and it, I'll just use it on the bottom step. So I'm not worried about it falling, but I haven't had any other issues with these, these steps bending. So wait a second, you went online and purchased this from someone who had already used this these products, right? No, it was a, it was a, it was called tree stands Inc. They're still oh, okay. around, but they don't have okay. any left of these. Yeah. It was a okay. legit online store. Although when I bought them, they were closing them out. It wasn't, gotcha. you know, they weren't selling them regular retail, but gotcha. Now you had a problem with just one of them and they sent you an entire four pack of sticks. Yeah, I mean, just replacing the little metal. I mean, it's one bolt to take the step out. That's all right. I was really looking for. But yeah, that showed up in the mail, and I got a brand new set of sticks. Now, okay, so I have to ask because I don't know a lot of company. I know a lot of companies that do really have really good customer service and will replace parts if they're broken for free, but not necessarily go all the way and send you replacements you know, full plot product replacements yeah. for something that did you mention anything about your, your hunting gear website or, or did, I mean, did no, you, that's, that's just something I've, I've decided to do in the last, you know, okay. uh, three, four months. So yeah, there was no, like, I was just, you know, Joe Schmo. I did mention in the email, I was like, Hey, I hope this is not an issue you have with your sticks as far right. as, as far as safety goes. Um, but you know, I only weigh one, I was 185 when that, when that happened. So yeah, for you know, sure. it's not like us putting any kind of serious crazy strain on it but the good thing is i you know i've i haven't taken like a a clamp and you know really really worked on it but i've i've put some leverage on them and 
and haven't been able to bend it back. It's it's solid where it's at. So okay, well that's amazing. I don't know <laughs> I don't know many companies that would do that. That's crazy. Um, anything else? Uh, that's that's it with these. Okay, so number one, do you recommend? The, the, I guess, do you recommend this product to other hunters who are looking for uh, a climbing stick? Yeah, I would say if you can get a good deal on them. Okay. Um, you know, if, 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 if I had unlimited money, you know, I'd probably go with the Muddies or the Lone Wolves. But, but I'd, I would definitely buy these again for that same price or, or even, you know, they're, they're definitely worth half as much as those other sticks, which is about what I think you can get them for. Right. Okay. Sounds good. Well, um, there's that. That's good there. All right. So the next product that we're going to talk about is Evercalm. All right. So for those guys out there who don't know what Evercalm is, why don't you like give us a rundown? Sure. So um, the story behind them is um, there was a dude that worked at a deer farm. He like had to go hunting. So uh, so he he didn't have time to run home and change clothes or whatever. And so he went straight out to the to the woods. And uh, he noticed when he was hunting, these does came in and they all immediately acted all calm and laid down. And, uh, you know, because of he smelled like a deer. Um, so they took that idea and decided to, you know, capture it and, and sell it. Okay. You know, when it comes to scents, yeah, it, uh, it, it always, I'm always a, I guess, kind of a skeptic when it comes to scents, whether it's, you know, estrus, like a buck bomb or estrus scent or, um, any type of urine, you know what I mean? Um, so I guess tell us your experience with it. Uh, you're going to review it. Um, what, first off, what did you use? Did you d use the, like the deodorant stick or did, did you have kind yeah. of like, uh, some kind of liquid or something? Yeah. So the, it, it comes in a, the Evercomb itself, the main product, it comes in a deodorant stick. So basically it's, it's exactly like your deodorant is except they had, it's a waxy smelly stuff that's on there, but it's, it's basically wax that they put. I don't know if they, I think they put actual deer dander and that kind of stuff in it. Uh, when you open it, it smells like a deer. Okay. Like urine or no, like, like a deer. like deer hide. Yeah. Okay, like deer hide. Like, okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Like you so on a deer after you shot it type. Right. Type deal. Right. So what is the a manufacturer's recommendation of how to use this product? Uh, they say um, they say you can put it uh, on the on the bottom and sides of your boots. They recommend putting it on a few trees around where you're hunting. They recommend it for game cameras or, you know, any any type, any place where you'd want deer to be comfortable or attracted basically okay um so, so this is also kind of an attractant scent i mean it's not necessarily like because i when i if i if i was someone who had never done any research or looked at this product i would say ever calm okay so <laughs> ever calm it's a deer scent maybe it makes the deer calm so when I'm in a tree stand there, they get calm around me and they may, I don't know, get tired and they'll bed down and, and, uh, they won't, they won't smell. I mean, is it, is it a cover scent? Is it, is it something that you put on your body to prevent your scent from reaching their nose? Kind of like, uh, oh, like a, a nose jammer or is it, is it, is it marketed as an attractant? 
I think they market as both as an attractant and as something that when when they get wind of this, they're going to calm down because they're going to think, oh, this is a safe area because there's this is a deer bedding area, basically. Right. Um, I, I, I fall in the same camp you do as far as the sense go. I'm I'm uh, actually I don't use I don't really use anything um, because I don't want anything that's going to make deer more likely to smell my scent. Right. Um, so I don't want, you know, even, even, I understand some guys have a lot of success with urine or whatever during the rut, but I don't want to, the, like an additional smell to draw attention to what, I don't, I don't think the urine is going to cover up my smell. So I, I don't want anything to, to draw attention to me. I try to come in and only go where the deer are not going to go. Right. Uh, of course, that's not always successful. Right. Um, but, but, you know, with the urine and kind of stuff, or, or even this, so you say you put this on your boots, which is the point of using it as an attractant, I believe, is I guess the deal is um, they're going to smell your the, that scent and they're going to follow it in type deal. Right. So that's the, that's the thing that, that I would be skeptical on is, number one, I don't want – I want to be in a spot where the deer are going to be coming through naturally. I don't want a deer to follow a scent directly to my stand because typically they're going to be head on and offer probably a poor shot and B it's just going to give the, you know, the deer, the option to look up at the tree and find you as they're, you know, put their head up and they start sniffing the air or, you know, those are just experiences that I've had with other attractants or scents that I've used in the past. But my thinking with that is if, if a deer does follow you and there's a good chance it's going to be a doe or like a yearling buck or something else. So right. let's say they follow you in and they don't spook off. Well, they're just going to hang around till maybe they get downwind or, you know, I, I just, I just think it increases your chances of, of getting busted. Right. Right. So any, any other science or, you know, what, what are they saying about this product you know, other than how to use it and you put it on your trees and stuff like that, are you supposed to keep it open or refresh up in the tree, uh, throughout your hunt? Or is it just like kind of a, you do it at the truck and you do it at the bottom of the tree and you're good to go. Yeah. So it's because it's like a waxy stuff, it, it'll stick on whatever until, until you rub it off. It's you're when you rub it on, you're actually, I mean, you can see what you're, what you're putting it on. Okay. Um, it's, you know, it's not like a, a spray that's going to dry out or anything. Okay. Um, so I'll, I'll tell you how I used it. Um, so, so we're not beating around the bush. Um, because I hunt public land, um, in the early season, I can't put any type of a tract or anything out, uh, for game cameras, that type of stuff. Um, so I've, you know, in the past had a lot of issues just getting pictures, period. Um, you know, a lot of times there'll be four paths to pick from, well, you know, which one are you going to pick? Um, so I was hoping this would be something to, to use in as attractant. Um, you can't use, you know, food-based attractants, but, but you can use smell. So I was hoping, um, it would work for that. And that's the application I used it in, which is, you know, on their website, they say to use it with, with game cameras. Um, so I, I had the same kind of deal with, with the sticks. I'm, I'm always looking for deals. So even before I had this whole website thing, it's, I'm just cheap, basically. Right. So I was at Dick's Sporting Goods, and it was the end of the season, and it was half off. So I was like, well, I'll, you know, I'll get – I almost bought two, and I was like, oh, I'll, I'll get one to try it out. So I basically bought it and waited till the next preseason, which is, you know, probably three, four months. Right. Um, 
but it comes in a sealed bag, so I, I don't think there was any issues with that. Um, so the way I used it is I set a gain camera up, um, and then I rubbed like a heavy amount on some trees um, in front of the camera, and then put the camera on video mode. Um, and uh, it it made absolutely no difference with what the deer were doing in front of my camera. Uh, yeah. You know, they'd they'd walk by it and not sniff. They'd walk by in different directions. Um, so for for my particular use, it was it was completely ineffective. Okay, so it didn't it didn't do what you thought it was going to do. Right now, let's say someone out there wants to make an excuse for this product. Do you think because it? I mean, you said it was in a sealed bag, so the scent. I mean, could you smell it when you opened it up? Or I wonder if it has a shelf life. No, you can definitely. I mean, it smelled. It smelled exactly like I thought it would. It smells like smells like a deer. Okay. Um, now, now, did you have any? Uh, did you use it any other like during hunting at all? I think I might have once. I, I still have some left though. It, it, I guess, it didn't really do a whole lot for me. So I, it kind of goes back to what I said before of not wanting to mess anything up, adding extra scents. Okay, but putting this out, you know, from a from a, so that that kind of uh, test that you ran is almost kind of specifically as uh, an attractant. You used it as an attractant in front of your trail cameras, and you saw no difference. Yeah, I mean, if the deer walked in front of my camera and, and laid down or something or hung around even, you know, that or, you know, maybe it didn't attract them, but it changed their behavior. But to me, it just looked like your regular trail camera deer walking by type right. type environment. Now, on those pictures, did you have any pictures where they stopped to smell the tree or they were licking the tree or rubbing up against it or anything like that? No, and I had some where they walked like right by that particular tree, but right. – but but didn't change their behavior at all. Okay. Um, so it, as far as this stuff goes, I don't ever want to say nothing works or, you know, I've, I'm certainly not an expert on everything. I'm just saying in this particular application, it it didn't work for me. Um, right. You guys had uh, John Eberhardt on your, um, on the Wired to Hunt podcast, and he swears by this stuff. Right. So, you know, he knows a lot more about hunting than I do. So, so you know, maybe it does work, but. Is he sponsored by them? Um, probably. There you go. Not to say that the product yeah. doesn't work based off that, but you know, um, but yeah, let's be serious for a second about, about how, <laughs> right, all, right. how, how the hunting how industry works. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I, I mean the idea of this, I mean, it's, it's a good idea and right. it really does smell like a deer. Um, you know, I was pretty hopeful it would work. Um, even though I'm kind of skeptical about this stuff, I, I definitely wanted to give it a shot, but Right. Uh, I was a little disappointed by it. Right. And and that's the thing. Like if you 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 spray this all over your body, you rub rub it on, you know, all over the trees and it, and it actually smells like a deer in the air, but if a deer walks by downwind, they're still going to smell you too. Right. And that's all that matters. They don't care if another deer is in the area. They smell you and that's what equals danger. Yep. So all right. So it probably a no go on the Evercalm. No, but if I find a great deal on it, I'm going to put it on my website. So, <laughs> so if somebody wants to buy it anyway, <laughs> despite perfect. my my personal advice, <laughs> they can do that. All right. So now we got a we got some time left, and we'll get the abbreviated version because I know you said you could uh, talk for days about it. But yeah. um, Thermacell. 
and how it works. Now, right off the bat, I know guys who have who have said great things about it and they take it in for early season hunts and even in the summertime when they're bear hunting in the spring. And other guys who say, man, I wasted my money on this product. It does not work. Down in Florida, I take it there's a lot of mosquitoes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, I guess first tell us what Thermocell is and how it works. Okay. So Thermocell is a little butane-powered heater that you slide in these little scent pads into, and it basically burns an, uh, an insecticide. And, and it keeps the mosquitoes away. Um, they, you buy it as a kit, so you get you buy the 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 unit, and you get a a a butane cartridge, and you get the scent pads with them, and then you can buy refills, you know, to continue using it. Okay. Um, I I probably I won't I won't say I wouldn't go hunting without it because I would just use bug spray probably and and stink a whole lot more, um, but. Well, if, if I, the areas I hunt, if I forgot it and didn't have bug spray, I probably wouldn't be able to hunt, uh, because it would, it'd be ridiculous. There'd be no way to, to stand still. There's, there's mosquitoes where I hunt from August through February. What if, if it's out of any season, there's going to be mosquitoes. Okay. So you like that product. Oh uh, yeah. I, I, I absolutely love it. Um, how does it perform in windy situations? If it's real windy, then I guess the mosquitoes aren't so much an issue. Okay. Um, because they they can't land on you. But but if the wind slows down and you got that thing going, then then it's you know the scent stuff's going to hang around you. Okay. So what what if you know you got a, a slight wind to your back and you you have your thermocell? I, where do you put it? Do you put it? Because I see in the commercials they the thermocell they say creates kind of a, a force field around you. Yeah. Now, because it's burning something, that scent and that or that smoke or whatever it emits is going with the wind, right? Yep. Okay. So if you have it like on your lap or on your hip or some, hung from the tree somewhere, is there a way? I mean, are you getting protection from that upwind side too? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean. I don't, I don't know. I don't think to me, it hasn't mattered where you put it. I think I've seen some places where it mentions you should put it downwind of you. Um, just because you don't want to be breathing. It does, it does have a smell to it. Um, and it is an insecticide. So, you know, I wouldn't recommend putting it where you're going to be breathing the smoke in all the time. Um, but, but I usually put it where it's out of the way. Okay. And how long, how long do these thermocells usually last? I mean, obviously you have to recharge them. How long, I mean, can you hunt all day with one or the, um, I think the butane cartridges are supposed to last 12 hours and each scent pad lasts four hours. Okay. Um, but I've actually got a couple tips on that. Um, the, this, the butane cartridges are designed that you can't refill them. Um, but there's some hacks that you can do to, to make them refillable. Okay. So it makes them significantly less expensive if uh, if you refill your own cartridges. You can buy like a you know a cigar lighter butane thing for you know eight bucks, and I haven't I haven't used a whole one of those up yet. And I I use the thermocell a lot, so uh, you can check check YouTube for that too. I'm, I, there's no point in me trying to explain the whole deal. Right, right. Wow. So 
you can uh, you can cheat the system there a little bit and uh, save and some I got money. One, yeah, one other tip with that too is I rip the scent pads in half. Okay. Uh, so it and and what I'll do is I'll rotate them so I'm you you rip for anybody that knows what they are you rip them the long way so they can still be held in it, um, and then I'll re, I'll replace half at a time so I ideally get about twice the life out of them. There's there's also guys that soak the pads and to basically recharge them um i haven't gotten into that it seems like more work than it's worth um you know might be saving pennies or something by doing that but it's definitely what what tends to happen is i'll i'll forget and leave the unit on and uh or or not even forget but it'll be in my pack and it'll get flipped on and that whole butane cartridge will get used up which is a huge waste well if you just refill them yourself it's not that big a deal right so does this work for other bugs as well as just mosquitoes? Yeah. Okay. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm not sure a hundred percent on, we got, we got these deer flies down here. They're called yellow flies. Fortunately, by the time the season rolls around, they're gone. But in the early season, like hanging cameras and all that kind of stuff, I got, I got the thermocell going to keep those kind of things off. No CMs are real bad down here. We got these biting ones called uh, sand gnats. And uh, those are nasty too. So, basically, if if I'm outside in the woods any time of year, I'm I'm bringing the thermos out with me. I, it's it's I've got two of them, so I got a backup. Right. Well, that's good. I that's something that I guess I really don't ever in up here in Iowa. Come October, the mosquitoes are pretty much gone. I mean, there might be a, a year where they're they're. They're still around depending on where I hunt. You know, like if I head down to the river bottoms in this like floodplain, they might be there. But uh, up in the ridges and near where the you know the crops are planted, I've I've never I've never experienced a hunt really in Iowa where the mosquitoes have been so bad I you know I couldn't well, take it. A so. lot of times when I'm hunting, you can actually hear the buzz of yeah. the mosquitoes. It's right. you know it's audible you know as it starts getting darker they get louder right um it, it might be something that would work for you in the preseason as you're outside i'll you know if i'm out working in the yard on the mower or something and i got in the evening time you know i'll crank that thing up the only thing is it takes about 15 minutes to get going so okay you know you either got to plan ahead a lot like i'll start it in the truck um if i'm hunting but if i'm going to be going outside around the house you got to plan ahead or you're just deal with the mosquitoes or just put on some off right and that's one thing I, I could see myself using this product in the summertime uh, when I go to uh, set some tree stands because I do have a couple river bottom stands that I hunt in the rut that in the in July or August when I it's it's terrible you walk through there and it kicks up every mosquito that's there and it's uh, it's probably not as bad as the south but still. Yeah, uh, I just tough it out and hang my tree stands and, <laughs> and run basically run back to the truck. Yeah. So that's Thermacell. Obviously, you're a big fan of it. Um, I, I you you'd recommend this. Yeah, definitely. If if I'd recommend it to anybody, just like to have one around there. I think you can buy the kit for like twenty bucks. Um, even to have around the house if you're having dinner outside and the mosquitoes start getting bad or something, it's they're really convenient. Right. Okay. Uh, the only bad thing is there's not really much competition for them, so that's why I've gotten into like refilling the cartridges and stuff because they, you know, they can it can get. I th- I think the unit you can get twenty twenty five bucks, but the refills are like six or eight bucks, um, that kind of thing. So, 
if, if you can kind of avoid that six or eight bucks every 12 hours and that definitely helps. Right. Right. Especially if you're hunting a lot. Yep. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Why don't you, uh, tell us a little bit about this website that you started and, uh, what your goal is with it. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, I started looking at, uh, you know, some work at home kind of stuff. I don't have any plans to quit my job or anything, but just looking to, um, supplement my income. So started looking some stuff, learned about online businesses and, and I had this idea a while back, but I didn't really know about businesses enough, but basically what it is, is it's the way I'm going to make money is it's called affiliate marketing. I I'm going to get a commission off of everything that's sold after you go to my website. I'm personally not going to sell anything. I'm just going to find the best deals, post a link up, and it's going to go to your regular, the same place you'd go to buy it anyway. You're just going to, you're going to go check my website first to find where the deals are at. Um, so um, it doesn't cost any extra anything to use it. Uh, and this is really common across the internet. If, if you're going to websites to learn about something and there's a link to buy it somewhere else, it's because somebody's, you know, making a commission off of it. So, uh, I, I wanted to combine, uh, trying to make a little extra money and my passion for hunting. So, uh, I came up with a deal, uh, or the idea of huntinggeardeals.com. Uh, if, if, um, there's a lot of technology sites like that out there, like, uh, slick deals or, um, deal time or, you know, um, even like, um, Groupon, those kind of, that's all the same kind of stuff. Uh, but my site is just going to be hunting stuff. Right. So basically for the hunter who is concerned about saving money, what you're going to do is you're going to scrub the internet and you're going to find the best deals on products. Like I take it, they're going to be discounted. You know, all these products are going to be discounted from the, uh, the retail, the normal retail price, and you're going to bring it to our attention and say, "Hey, here's this product, and you can get it for cheaper." Yep, I'm gonna li- I'm gonna try to list like three to five things a day. I'm gonna be doing this on my own time, and I'm gonna get up extra in the early, early in the morning to work on the site. So, um, I'm gonna do my best to post as many deals as I can every day. But basically, when uh, Cabela's or Bass Pro or Shields or or whoever is having a sale, um, I'm going to kind of vet it out because a lot of, you know, I get probably 10 emails a day right now of all these different sites that are, have all the great deals. And sometimes they're still, you know, 10, 20 bucks more than somebody else. So my job is going to be vet those out and find out what the legitimately best deals are. And, uh, I'm also going to have a search function on the site. So if, if you want to buy something specific, you could just type that search item in. Um, this, this site has not launched yet. I'm shooting for a beginning July launch. So right now, um, if you want to go to the site, you can put your email in and you'll get notified as soon as it launches. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm not an expert computer person, although I'm, I'm learning. So I'm paying somebody to design the website. So it's going to take me a little time to actually make a profit on this, but, uh, I'm going to work hard to do it. Well, that's good. Cause I know a lot of guys don't buy products because they never go on sale or they're not, you know, so this is a perfect opportunity for, you know, people to save a little cash, you know, when they, uh, buy, uh, start buying their hunting gear. Yeah. I'm going to try to put the things I know that people are, are kind of high dollar items that people are looking for, like, like those lone wolf sticks, for example, you know, and, and hopefully I find a good enough deal. I'm going to get some myself. Um, 
but I'm going to try to find the best deal on those those uh, those common products. Ozonics is one of the things I want to put on there as soon as I get it going. I've, I've looked around, and there's definitely some places you can get them for less than retail. Right. Um, and, and there's some refurbished units out there you can get that still have warranties, so that kind of stuff. Perfect. Perfect. Well, that's something that we uh, as hunters definitely need, need to keep an eye out on. So, uh, Mike – Thanks for coming on the show and sharing this uh, these reviews and uh, talking about your uh, your up and coming website. Yeah, thanks so much for letting me do it. I really appreciate you letting me throw a little plug in there at the end. First off, I want to thank Mike for coming on the show. Really appreciate your time and uh, reviewing those products for us. Hopefully, you guys got some information out of that. Uh, next is you, the listener. Thank you, as always, for tuning in and uh, supporting the show. Uh, just a reminder again, Monday, make sure you guys tune into that podcast. There is going to be a huge giveaway from Bowtech and I'm going to give you details on how to win that bow. So, uh, that's like a thousand dollar prize. So, uh, make sure you tune in. Other than that, Exodus Trail Camera, big thanks to the guys at Exodus for uh, supporting the show. And uh, if you guys haven't already, follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I have a Hotmail account. Um, they, I have had, I don't know. I don't know why. I'm, I'm extremely tired, so I'm just going to cut it short. Wear your damn safety harness. <laughs>